Wake up. Freedom's on the rise. Art is like magic. The science of manipulating symbols, words or images to achieve changes in consciousness. The very language of magic seems to be talking as much about writing or art as it is about supernatural events. A grimoire, for example, the book of spells, is simply a fancy way of saying grammar. Indeed, to cast a spell is simply to spell, to manipulate words, to change people's consciousness. And I believe that this is why an artist or writer is the closest thing in the contemporary world that you are likely to see to a shaman. When you hear these talismanic words like control, security, stronger, stronger America, strength, realize that they're talismanic words that are being used against you. They're seduction words to try and get you to accept this because you don't have that. Well, you've been raped of that. The people who are selling you one story here have actually taken away the very things that you needed that were in your psyche to begin with. I am continuing and I am increasing the search for every possible path to peace. We maintain our strength in order to deter and defend against aggression, to preserve freedom and peace. No one, friend or foe, should doubt our desire for peace. The United States wants peace. We seek peace. We strive for peace. I pledged in my campaign for the presidency to end the war in a way that we could win the peace. I respect your idealism. I share your concern for peace. I want peace as much as you do. significant quantities of uranium from Africa. There is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. Boxing, VX, sarin, nerve agent. Iraq and Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda. Iraq and Al-Qaeda. Terrorism. Cyber attacks. Nuclear program. Biological weapons. Cruise missiles, ballistic missiles. Chemical and biological weapons. Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. President Bush has said Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. Tony Blair has said Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. Donald Rumsfeld has said Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. Richard Butler has said they do. The United Nations has said they do. The experts have said they do. Iraq says they don't. You can choose who you want to believe. Sources that have deceived us so constantly don't deserve our trust. And to the extent that we give them our trust, we set ourselves up to be scammed again and again. There are reports that there is no evidence of a direct link between Baghdad and some of these terrorist organizations. There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns, the ones we don't know we don't know. 
I will build new partnerships to defeat the threats of the 21st century. Terrorism and nuclear proliferation, poverty and genocide, climate change and disease. And I will restore our moral standing so that America is once again that last best hope for all who are called to the cause of freedom, who long for lives of peace, and who yearn for a better future. And this is, this is used endlessly in the media by the drip feed method of just const constantly downloading the same idiotic memes that you consciously would think you resist. But if they're repeated for the 10, 20 years and you've been growing up, before you know it, you're a parrot of all of that. You don't even realize it was implanted. That's the whole point. You're not meant to realize that your thinking is not your own. That's the smokescreen I was talking about. You're not meant to know that you're under hypnotism. You're, not, you're meant to think you're perfectly normal. So they're going to sell you the most irrational, most satanic, most vile pornographic lies, but they're going to sell it in a capsule that makes you think that you're perfectly spiritual, perfectly adjusted, totally normal. As this continues, as this process continues, the division between the outsider who's really sane and the unsane gets wider and wider and wider. What are people com complaining about? That they can't believe the world they're walking around in. Sane people are going, I can't handle it, I can't work, it's terrible, the people are idiots. Yeah, but you didn't, that didn't happen last year, that didn't happen two months from, that didn't happen, you know, two months ago. You're seeing the symptom, not the cause, you're seeing the symptom of an immensely long phenomenally detailed and interested, interesting and complex. What, what was Soviet Russia? You can sum up the whole gig of communist Russia in one sentence. Experiment. Social experimentation. Meaning you split hairs as to whether it was a Darwinian experimentation or an Orwellian Darwin, you know, blah blah blah. It's an experiment in how to control human beings who very easily were controlled. Oh my goodness, 33 people are shot dead. Everybody is just tripping over themselves with awe and amazement and anger and frustration. Let me see, what else is going on in the world right now? What else has been going on since 19, since 2001? Let me see, what's happening in Iraq or Iran right now? Can we ask a question about that? What was going on during the previous George Bush? Was there a thing called Desert Storm in which millions of people were killed, children were wiped out, incinerated? In Panama, were people not burned to death with lasers and, and, and incinerated in their own cars, completely innocent people? Then we have Grenada before that. Grenada. Then you have, you know, where do we stop? How many wars do we need? But your children die. Of course it's horrible. But can we have some context here? Can we have some sanity here? That just because your little pathetic, mediocre lifestyle has not been shaken up by something you don't understand, that's the only violence you, th you think it exists in this world? Somebody has to be wielding, you know, a, a 38 in, in, on your own street, in your own backyard, before you realize that there's such a thing as violence in the world? I'm here to tell you that all of that kind of violence, including the, the genocide, including the mega-death, chew on this, that all of that, all through history, is a tiny aspect of the violence that exists in the world. That's the stuff you can see with your five senses. But as any competent psychologist will tell you, that is a very small, sadly, that is a symptom. That's what that is. That is a out, that's an outpouring and outletting, a playing out in the world, obviously helped and assisted by those who would like to have chaos rule in the world, yes. But it is, it is, it's, where is its roots? You're going to keep studying the, you know, leaf? 
gonna keep studying the, the bloom and not ask where the root is? Or we'll have a wonderful society tomorrow where they'll be able to prune that really easily. And we won't have any of that violence because in fact we'll have a new world order. The chaos out of control, everything's in chaos, people killing themselves, and we have a perfect structure now that will always deal with that. But will the root be ever looked at? If the root is not looked at, I don't care what kind of order or system is involved in the world of man that, you know, prunes that or, you know, keeps that nicely culled or caged or whatever. I happen to know that the root is twofold. The root, the root of all of this mayhem, chaos and destruction and, and immorality is actually a twofold root. The one root is in man's inability to look at his dark emotions, which is a psychological look at, look at this. And the other root is in the fact that there is an agency working in the world to engender that. Now, luckily in the, you know, in the conspiracy movement today, what's jokingly called the conspiracy movement, or I prefer to call it the alternative research community, we, are, we have now authors and people from all walks of life who are investigating that fact that second route, that, I, that we think that this is uh, not by chance. We don't really think that man is that immoral. We don't really think that man of, of his own nature will run around, you know, fighting wars and building napalm bombs and all that. You know, so, so maybe there's something else going on. Finally, the human race is waking up to the fact that, yes, that's right, you know, somebody has kick-started this and maintains it through the perpetuation of people's false allegiances and all the rest of it. And I'm very happy and glad to, to see that taking place, this uh, removing of the lid, which is astrologically connected to Pluto, the planet Pluto, or the archetype Pluto, or the New Age. The real truth about the New Age is that uh, the revelations that arise, because man gets sharper in his critical ability and starts to look beneath the, beneath the surface of reality. That's great. What I'd really like to see, though, and what I'm hoping to you know, very much you know, help pioneer in this era is more attention on the, the first route as well which is that human beings need to examine their own private consciousness to, to understand some of the dynamics of the full psyche not just the ego and not just um, not just the uh, programmed brain self because the brain is a machine programmed by the world but then you also come in with a thing called the mind which has been programmed over millennia or generations People need to know about the, the tripartite division or schemata of the of the ego, of the of the brain, of consciousness, from the Freudian point of view. They should also find out about the quatern the quaternity schemata of Jung. It was a little bit similar to Freud, but a little bit different. These people have you know understood the dynamics, the anatomy of something that you can't see, consciousness. You know, people know about the body. You got two arms. You got two legs. You know, you got one head. Okay, well then what, are, what is the anatomy of your consciousness? Anybody ever thought about that? Well, yes, somebody did. It's called Sigmund Freud. People need to pick up his books, get on the web and find out. What is the anatomy of your consciousness? What is thinking? How do you think? What is thinking? How does that happen? What is thought? Who's thinking about thought? Because if you don't ask these questions, you're not going to have too much of an understanding of what might be spirit or, or all of that. You're looking for the spiritual, but if you don't know what you are, how can you ever find out the other? So the real journey now begins. All of these traumas and tragedies are in a way a catalyst. Sad but true that man has to learn through tragedy, but then, hey, wait a minute, even the Greeks knew that. That uh, as far back as you go, if man is left without tragedy, he'll just sit on his ass and do nothing all, all, all day long.
he will sun himself and he will take care of his narcissistic, personal, sensationalistic needs and nothing of any other thing will cross his mind ever. So unfortunately the universe, nature, whatever you want to call it, fate, has to sort of deliver man what we would call tragedy, you know. And therefore it wakes him up as a catalyst, a catalyst to him looking at deeper things. This is very, very necessary. And one of those areas now is that he needs to really continue the investigation of his own thinking, his own consciousness, and realize that, uh, that the secrets, that's where the secrets lie. One thing is sure, a great change of our psychological attitude is imminent. That is certain. And why? Well, because we need more. We need more psychology. We need more understanding of human nature because the only real danger that exists is man himself. He is the great danger and we are pitifully unaware of it. We know nothing of man, far too little. His psyche should be studied because we are the origin of all coming evil. Everything you know is wrong. Hello, seekers. Here we go again. And hello, especially to the skeptic inside you who might still believe. believe, 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 believe. My short, short version of why looking to the government solutions to violence is a bad idea, because the government is violence. The government has nothing without violence. Take away violence from the government. Take away the ability of the government to use violence, and you don't even have a government in the form that we think of. Now, here's what I mean by this. They can pass all the laws they want, regulations, guidelines, etc. If they do not have the ability to enforce that by using men with guns... It is only advice, and we'll do what we want, and we won't do what we don't want, and society would probably still manage to get along. But would you pay taxes if you didn't have to? If nothing happened if you didn't pay taxes at all, other than the consequences to society, would you pay taxes? And you might instantly want or knee-jerk to know. But I think that if the government had to earn your taxes, and especially if you could silo what you paid into the areas you wanted you might voluntarily pay for them. Of course, we wouldn't have a state then. We all know what it would be called. Nobody wants to say it because then it scares people away. But the reality is people want to live in a well-ordered and run society. That is a thing. No one who doesn't want the state to have the power that they do is saying we would prefer to have Mad Max and Road Warrior. No one. But if you look to the government to solve violence, the only thing they have is violence. It's fighting fire with fire, and it's an often used cliche, but unless it's done exactly right, the cliche doesn't work. And you're relying on people with a monopoly and no incentive to get things right other than for themselves and no consequences if they get it wrong whatsoever.
Welcome back to Freedoms Rising. Freeing more minds with Freedoms Rising. And today is July 15th, 2022. On this Friday morning, we are recording episode 26 today of Freedoms Rising and putting a capstone or a finishing piece for the moment on the Falling Into the Movement Trap series with part 10. Today will be a lot more of a freeform type episode. And that Michael Tesserion uh, clip there with Alan Moore opening it up, which I call the clip The Control. Uh, The Language of Control came from the film done with Michael Tesserion and the Red Ice radio crew called Architects of Control that was produced, you know, back in like, man, 2012 or something. I don't know. It was, it's an older production. I don't have that right in front of me at the moment, but I will put in the notes where that is housed nowadays on the unslaved.com podcast, which I think you need to pay a membership to get to the Architects of Control documentary. I'm not sure where else that might be floating around out there that you could find it. And then we also heard from Jack Spierko on Government is Violence, and a clip that actually was pulled by Christopher McMillan of thetruthconduit.com. And the Truth Conduit, Chris McMillan, I've had him on Tyler Bloyer com or my show i've had him as a guest as an interviewee i interviewed chris mcmillan and you can go back and find that interview in the archives i'm looking right now to see where that clip is from chris's site so i could maybe say a little bit more about how he had it posted but the the essence of that was you know that your belief in government doesn't justify the violence that they, the monopoly on violence that government holds. And that that's all that government really is, is force and violence that, and coercion, you know, and without those things, then what is the government besides people cooperating with each other and interacting with each other now? Uh, are there solutions, like he said, that we're just saying, burn it all down? And I mean, we're, I don't know, I'm not necessarily speaking for Jack Spierko or that clip or putting words in his mouth, but is, uh, you know, that there are other solutions out there. And it's not just this polarized thing where it's what well, you're saying that you don't want any uh, order at all, any order. At, uh, it's just all going to be complete chaos if we do what you're saying and get rid of the government. No, but it's more of a point that you know, it really, that's the only way that we've come up with the way to operate society at this point. There's, there's no other way that the only way to do it is through force and violence. So that's something to think about. And that's uh, appreciated for clipping that and putting that out there, Chris and Jack for putting those ideas out there and the work that both of you are doing. And I know those guys are both living over there in Texas. And I know they actually live close enough that Chris goes to some of Jack's workshops and Jack Spierko has been doing podcasting for like over a decade, I think like 12 years or something, has an enormous amount of work out there that's good to just put on while you're like cleaning the garage or, you know, uh, getting some chores done or something, uh, mowing the lawn, you know, 
the expert councils are well put together and uh, the consistency and the amount of work is overwhelming. You're never going to be able to listen to all that dude's work if you're just coming in now. Uh, but again, appreciate that. And then uh, the opening clip with Alan Moore um, that alludes to back to ep- the episode previously that Tony was talking about, you know, this language of control and this idea that uh, language is like casting a spell and uh, riffing on that essay he read from Marshall McLuhan, the medium is the message, the chapter one from the extensions of man, or understanding media, the extensions of man. And the opening of that says, in a culture like ours, long accustomed to splitting and dividing all things as means of control, it is sometimes a bit of a shock to be reminded that in operational and practical fact, the medium is the message. This is merely to say that the personal and social consequences of any medium, that is, of any extension of ourselves, results from the new scale that is introduced into our affairs by each extension of ourselves, or by any new technology. Thus, with automation, for example, the new patterns of humans' association tend to eliminate jobs. It is true. That is a negative result. Positively, automation creates roles for people, which is to say depths of involvement in their work and human association that our preceding mechanical technology had destroyed. Many people would be disposed to say that it is not the machine, but one did with the machine that was its meaning or message in terms of the ways which the machine altered our relations to one another and to ourselves. It mattered not the least whether it turned out cornflakes or Cadillacs. The restructuring of human work and association was shaped by the technique of fragmentation that is the essence of machine technology. The essence of automation technology is the opposite. It is the integral integral and decentralist in depth, just as the machine was fragmentary, centralist, and superficial in its uh, pertaining to human relationships. And obviously that goes on, but I think the the point of the clip mixed with that and talking about Alan Moore and all that is the apparatus of the media and how that, you know, the language of control through the examples they gave there in the, you know, Operation uh, Iraqi Freedom and, uh, you know, that we want a peaceful outcome, but we've been at war for 50 years with 50 different countries. you know, doing nothing but violence against these these countries under the a lot of the times under false pretenses. And James Perloff's book also weaves in that narrative as well and goes quite into depth about false flags and things like that. That's not the end all be all, but we did read from that book. Um, I just you know re- was reminded by you know how how many things we've been lied to about that end up involving mass casualties of war afterward for from countries that we then use the excuses of what we and the things that we're being lied to about to invade the countries and uh you know expand the american empire and expand democracy for peace and freedom 
you know, while doing mass genocide and mass death and mega death and dropping nuclear bombs on countries that, you know, basically as a test when we didn't even really need to do that. And when I say we, you know, that's just the uh, brainwashing and uh, indoctrination that I've had out throughout my life. I'm, I'm not really saying we on purpose. It's just more of a way of speaking, right? That you notice that we all speak that way, but I'm not, you know, I'm not collectively responsible. I'm not responsible myself for a lot of those things that have gone on, but we are responsible for what we do about that. And again, what we've been talking about in Freedoms Rising is, yes, getting into action, but what sort of action? And, uh, are, you know, we need to be aware of revolutions and uh, revolutionary movements of the past, which we've gotten into here with falling into the movement traps and be careful not to fall into some of those movement traps and then also still be solution oriented and what i'm doing here with freedoms rising as you've noticed if you can see the publication say wake up freedoms on the rise right and, and cassandra's intro that she uh, that i'm so thankful for having her in the beginning of the podcast so she can be a part of every show and there's more to come from that. And we've been working on getting some of her articles recorded. And she, I have a headset here for her that I'd like her to come try when she's ready to do that, that we talked about. And that'll be something we can put into the production too, since this is an audio podcast. But there's, it's a, it's a dual meaning thing. Wake up, freedom's on the rise. It's like, if you don't wake up, freedom won't rise is another way to say it. Um, so we've got to wake up, but what does that mean to wake up and wake up to what, you know, and a lot of these institutions, uh, that we've believed in our whole lives and that have, we've been raised to believe are, uh, true, so to say, or that the way that we should do things, uh, it's not based on altruism and benevolence and truth and trying to do the right thing for you necessarily and the institutions that we listen to such as like the cult of scientism that we saw with the pandemic and how people just kowtowed to the scientific dictatorship overlords and the experts um we want to play a clip here into the stream right now into the stream into the recording here today from Yuval Noah Harari that I heard on a, a Burmese clip from a rock fan Burmese had on uh, let's see if I can find it really quick. If not, that's okay. Oh, it was uh, the guy Clark, Clay Clark, and uh, not necessarily recommending that episode. It was kind of bonkers a little, but this clip definitely caught me uh, as like, yeah, that's the truth. Whether you agree with uh, the guy in this clip, Yuval Noah Harari or not, whether you're like, yeah, you know, you might even be hearing that and go, yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it works. Of course, of course. Uh, but it's just another reminder that when people are like, well, you know, you're saying that the scientists would all have to all be in on this, you know, let's say like covering up um, how the negative effects of vaccines over the years and how how much dirt and mud has been thrown on that topic by the scientific community and how many things have been covered up. And people will come back at you like, oh, well, but science doesn't work like that. And that people can't cover up the facts and science and truth. And they don't, we've covered this in this 
show before, but they, that's showing how naive maybe that person is. I'm not trying to attack people or say how, you know, I'm not trying to get up here and be like, people are so dumb and so they're just fucking idiots. It's, I mean, that might be true in some ways, but it's more to help uh, us. And if we are, if people listening to this are more on the, you know, quote unquote, awake side and have conversations with people, again, we're going back to the whole, it's it's a worldview that you're up against. It's not the truth and the facts. But, it, and it's the same with how science and funding these things and research grants works. So let's just play a little bit of this clip here. I think it's like two and a half minutes and uh, just get this into the show here. Truth was never the highest priority of human society. It was the highest priority of some individuals, but never of society as a whole, because society as a whole does not function on the basis of truth. And if you take two of the most powerful institutions of, of, of humankind, let's think about science and the scientific community, and let's think about religion and churches and so forth, I think that none of them has truth as their chief value. As individuals, yes, but as institutions, no. I think the chief value of science is power, and the chief value of religion is uh, order, it's organization. Religion is all about having order in society, and science is mainly about gaining power gaining power over the world. They use truth to some extent on the way to achieving power or to achieving uh, order, but this is not uh, say, their say highest more about Say more a bit power, about power, what, what do you mean? I think science as an institution is interested in gaining the power, the, to gain control over the world, to be able to gain control over diseases, over the human body, over the environment, over rivers and animals and forests. I mean, when you have two, um, you submit a grant to somebody who, I mean, it all comes down to money in, in many cases. Uh, in order to have an institution, if you're a freelance scientist, you just explore the truth, okay. But as an institution, at the university, you, you, need, re, you need money to finance. You, you, so you submit, a research, you, you, you submit a research grant. And you have to convince the authority, not of the truth, you have to convince the authorities that what you want to do will somehow make us more powerful, will somehow enable us to produce a new weapon, will somehow enable us to produce more food, will somehow enable us to gain control of a previously uncontrollable epidemic of disease. Mm -hmm. And this is really what gets the money. So, of course, it needs to also to be true to some extent. If it doesn't work, then who wants it? Control, I mean, yeah. medicine... Exactly. So it's not about always, you know, pumping up what's right and what's the truth. It's never about that. It's about pumping up stocks. It's about making the stocks look better for a company. It's about getting your research grants and making sure everybody's settled who's at the top of that hierarchical structure there and looking out for the self-interest of those people. And, um, you know, that's that's what we've been talking about that people do on, on the microcosm too. And there's people are generally selfish in those ways and not necessarily looking out to do things that benefit other people. Or uh, if you magnify that to these you know, and, and you turn something into a corporation that has even less moral culpability 
as the illusion of that anyway, and they all, you know, can't necessarily be held accountable. In the case of, let's say, vaccinations, we, 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 you know, again, this we thing, but as a society, we've become so corrupt that we've allowed institutions like these giant pharmaceutical companies to create products that don't have any accountability and liability. And they've pawned that off to the government, and you have to go through this long, arduous process of, uh, you know, filing the proof and having lawyers and like going to court and making your claim that the vaccine actually injured you. And there is a way to get retribution for that. And then it's taxpayer funded. So these corporations literally make billions and uh, their products do harm people. And there's, there's definitely uh, records of that. And then there's even the own system of the VAERS system, which I don't know how I mean, it's not an accurate system to say that it's 100% correct and accurate because I think there's a lot of, I mean, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole right now, but basically it's not used properly and it's covered up and it has its own problems. But even in their own system is my point is that there's a large amount of documentation that their products are harming people, harming children. And, uh, you know, it just so happens that now we're going to go ahead and give these mRNA vaccinations and experimental jabs to little children now and uh i i think that that's just completely immoral and inhumane and incorrect and the wrong thing to do but as we heard from Yuval there it's not about what's correct and what's right and what's the truth it's about profit margins it's about expanding the empire and it's about keeping the people at the top that are already at the top and sucking the life energy and life force out of the people at the bottom. And this is another fallacy that people run into and use is that like the current institutions that are in power and the current people in power are there because of, you know, Darwin's theory of natural selection and the survival of the fittest and the the people that are need to be at the top of an institution are at the top and that somehow they should stay at the top you know that's another big fallacy like okay they've made it to the top of a hierarchical structure and if they're if they're jordan peterson the 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 lobsters will try to pull them down and uh it's always hierarchical and I mean, Jordan Peterson definitely is not an idiot. I'm not saying that by making fun of him ever. And I I don't ever do that to say that this man is not intelligent. And I even enjoy his takes on things and uh, think that he's, you know, got some things nailed. Uh, But as far as this uh, justifying the hierarchical structure as uh, needing to stay in place, we listen to something like this from Klaus Schwab. I'll play this into here. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. But two conditions are necessary. The first one is that we act all as stakeholders of larger communities, that we serve not our only self-interests, but we serve the community. That's what we call stakeholder responsibility. The future is built by us. The future. The future is built by us. We are the future. We will get the bugs ready for you. You'll have them in the nice little 
meat-shaped hamburger patty. You won't even know it, that we shaped it by us. We shaped the bug, bug burger. We put it in the shape. We made it look like a burger, so you think it is a burger, but it's really grasshoppers and crickets. And, I mean, there are a lot of, like, World Economic Forum clips where they are saying, like, oh, there's these great scientists and everybody's making these things taste so good. Really, they're just shitting on your face and laughing at you that you're going to buy that shit and believe that somehow uh, it's better to, it's more effective for the land to grow, like, whatever they're going to do, like, fields and fields and fields of grasshoppers, and somehow have, like, the grass and the ruminants and the ruminants replenishing the earth and building uh, highly dense nutrient soil and doing things like they do on the biggest little farm. You know, we watched that recently, and then we watched the other night the biggest little farm two or extended or whatever the second part of that was. And what those people did is amazing. And, you know, what you they took this land that had been farmed in a nutrient stealing way where it's just constant constantly taking the nutrients out of the land and never putting anything back and they show and did and they're still doing this concept of adding nutrients back in and this more holistic cycle with the um sheep and goats and lamb and uh ruminants and uh, cows and uh, pigs and everything and had this more holistic system that was adding nutrients back in and making the whole property thrive. And then they had all these challenges. And anyway, but uh, and so that's a great movie to check out. And again, today we're going a little bit more freeform. But like Klaus was saying there in just this authoritative way, like that the future is built by them, right? And they are the stakeholders. And, you know, going back to that... Uh, article from Matthew Irit on the unlimited hangout and uh, not that that's like the end all be all of the research that we need to do but we read that into the last two shows talking about the lineage of what the world economic forum actually is and who these people actually are um and the, the stakeholder capitalism with the Rothschild and uh, Lynn Forrester to Rothschild and Klaus Schwab you know basically just st- they're the stakeholders, right? They're the ones that are uh, at that have claimed themselves as being at the center of the, you know, the hierarchy, and that they need to continue. And the the future will be built by them. The the future. What do we have? And and they will. So if we penetrate the cabinets, they will go to Canada, and they will. So if we penetrate the cabinets. And they will go to America and they will... So if we penetrate the cabinets... With their stakeholder capitalism, which uh, is basically just like a corporate fascist dictatorship with... Now we're in this sort of, you know, again, this techno-communist empire that they're bringing forward to us with, you know, the Club of Rome agenda and the in the United uh, Nations and the... World Economic Forum and everyone moving forward with their great reset. And, you know, that's the future that they're building. And it's not about the truth. It's not about necessarily even the betterment of individual lives like they claim. That's everything they do is for the betterment of humanity, right? But with this 
utopian thinking and what Jack was alluding to there. That's the only way they can really enforce uh, this top-down one-world government authority is through the force of violence or the threat of violence and coercion. And what if they're wrong? What if one, under the one-world system there's mistakes made? Wouldn't it be better to have, you know, at least nation-states, if not more decentralized uh, pockets and or states or even decentralized down to local levels that are connected in as nodes, yeah, to the larger global economy and things like that and uh, various uh, capitalistic, you could call it now, or whatever the, fut the future looks like as far as goods and redistribution, not redistribution, but distribution of goods and services. People are always going to need these things and uh, basic things in life. And, you know, I, I don't think having everything regulated down under this one world top-down control is the way that we want to go. Because, again, you know, the, that system is then a big threat to humanity. It's the, the, the most dangerous thing and the biggest threat to us is government. And government has always been an the biggest threat to humanity and the biggest killer of people. And so just making it bigger and more powerful and giving more control to these eugenicists and these cybernetic control freaks doesn't seem like, you know, it's the best option moving forward, in my view. So the solutions are going to be to find ways to operate moving forward without needing and without depending on these systems. And, you know, that means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. I'm not saying that it's like subjective and it, it whatever makes you happy, man, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm not going to pr pretend that I know what the solution is for you. I think the path to freedom is an individual thing. It's not the same thing for everyone. There's a, there's a path to freedom that isn't just going to be, you know, a future episode that we might do here where I cover sort of the horsemen of my apocalypse in the journey to where I'm at now and the people and the mentors that I've had that have helped me have influenced my thinking, have led me down a path of being more active in the realm that I am as far as what we're doing here with the podcast and the, the work that we're putting out. So, but that's not, that would be egotistical and, and naive and stupid of me to think that, oh, if I show people the path that I took and the people that influenced me, that that would help wake them up because they could take the same exact path. Like that's, I have a slide that I made once that I have pulled up here. It says, your path to freedom is uniquely your own. It is the path of the individual and can never be the same for any other person. So, and the, I was thinking about this point that I'm making a lot at that time. And I had to clarify on that slide because you know, and it might not, if you don't have the context, it's like, okay, why that, that's nice. You know, why are you saying that? And it's because I think I see a lot of that in the so-called truther activist freedom, liberty community is people attempt to get their family members or other people in their lives, or even other people in the community to like, you know, do the wake up process that they had in the exact same way. And like, it, th they're going to do it and they're going to hear the things that they heard and they're going to then wake up immediately. And I, I think it's a lot more tactful than that on the individual level. If you're working with like individual folks on an individual level, there's a personal relationship that occurs. There's things that you need to know about that person's psychology and where they're at and more build a relationship instead of, 
you know, try to try to wake them up with the truth, you know. Uh, it's better to build a stronger relationship and let them see who you are by what you're doing. You know, what is it that you spend your time on? What are you actively involved in in your life? And there, there are moments and times that will come up when, you know, you, you due to due to, you know, having self-respect and just not wanting to just be quiet about everything that you do need to be able to speak about things. And so it's good to have the facts, you know, ready, but it's not like have the facts ready for every little conversation that comes up with everyone and be out there like flaming the truth around to everybody. And, uh, you know, I think you'll burn a lot more bridges in that way. That's that fire in the minds of men, the dangerous fire that we can wield that ends up being very destructive in our lives. And that's part of the movement traps as well. And so as far as that goes, we, I'm not exactly sure that we'll continue falling into the Movement Trap series next week. I have some plans this weekend to plan out the, the next shows that we'll be getting into. And even, like I said, I, I feel it's urgent to get back to the BioSciWar content. And there's some things in the technical production realm that I need to get done to have that stuff ready and ready to go. But we're going to keep moving forward. Uh, yesterday was a day that I normally would have had off and not done the show, but instead I had some appointments I had to get to, and it would have been too much just to try to fit everything into one day. And I tease around with the idea of making the last day of the week more of a free-flowing, not as planned, you know, playing clips if I have them like we did today, joking around a little, uh, getting a little more personal, I guess, but just sharing off the top of my head and not necessarily, you know, here's what we need to know. And, oh, it's, you know, all planned out and structured more of a uh, slower or whatever, just a different way of doing a show on a Friday or a Thursday. Freeform, freeform Fridays would obviously be a good tagline. Uh, we've been currently flying under the Freedom's Rising banner, but some of these shows coming up might just be on the TylerBlur.com feed. We might even start to see some live streaming or some video uh we're stepping into the year 2022 and doing some video recordings um now we've done all that in the past and we plan to bring back the full-blown studio a lot of moving parts and pieces to things folks it doesn't just happen with a button people that don't produce content have no clue what it's like to uh not just produce a little content or sit down and produce one thing or two but to consistently, continually put content out there is not something that just happens. And uh, there isn't little fairies and elves that come in and help you, you know, get up that morning and put everything together and make it happen. And, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't like those people that are like, it's just me, it's just me here in the studio, I can't get it all done. That, that's definitely not what's happening here. I like the fact that it, we're a smaller operation and we can be efficient and, uh, you know, there's communities that I'm connected into, yes. But I personally, you know, I, I'm pretty bad at like keeping up with chat feeds and text scrolling and all these different social media. I, I can't stand any of that stuff. I really don't like to be involved in that. But at the same time, you know, like if 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 I don't put forward, put forward some learning and understanding of how those things might work and try to utilize them better and just participate more, then you can't really grow the channel. You can't really make the outreach, um, you know, that you're trying to make. And that what's the point of doing this if nobody ever hears it? I mean, yes, I have a need and a want and a desire to do it, but 
I'm really just a regular dude. And I think it's important to leverage the resources that you have and some of the talents and abilities that you have. Leverage that in a way that's going to, yes, benefit you, but also, you know, is connected to your bigger vision and larger passion in life. And for me, I, I do want to help as many people as I can. And I want to build up an abundance in myself and my surroundings to be able to do that, not just as a selfish desire to have a yacht or something or, you know, make lots of money, but to be able to turn around and then help others and do that in a big way. And, you know, but I am just a, a regular dude, so to say, you know, here. And um, the, the point of, that I'm making there is that it, that it's uh, there's nothing special about me that makes me unique that then somehow gives me the ability to do what I do and, you know, is something that you couldn't also be involved in. And there's a process to that and there's a lot of learning and growing that goes into developing your skills and your abilities to then be able to then take them to market or, you know, achieve the project that you want to achieve. But try to, in these times, especially where it's harder financially for a lot of people out there and mentally, we have a lot of... uh, uh, chaos in the world and a lot of things to be scared of and fearful of try to try to use the resources that you have in a way that is sustainable for you and that you can leverage them to to get done what you can get done and stop and try not to make excuses about why you can't get it done you know i i could be coming in and saying well i don't have the perfect camera set up and i don't have the the boom arm that i want that's rotating in the room and you know i don't have the time that's a big one right i don't have the time i don't have the energy but these are all lies i mean these are all things that are not true that your brain is just dumping on you 24 7 in some cases these excuses why you can't have and why you can't achieve or do the things that you want to do in life and or that you could be capable of and yeah I'm, I'm going into a little bit of like you know standing on a soapbox here with this but i like to imagine that i'm speaking to the younger me or younger young the younger audience that still has a lot of time and development and growth in their lives to achieve and I, I like to imagine that, you know, that there's a way to help those people by hearing someone that, that A, struggles, has a lot of struggling, and a, I've struggled a lot with, you know, consistency. I've struggled a lot with doing what I'm saying now, leveraging the resources that you have around you and actually putting them to use and sitting down at the times when you don't feel like doing the thing and doing it anyway and how powerful that can be and how making small steps towards solutions in our lives actually is very powerful. And if you do it daily and just inch towards that change in your life that you know you you want to make and inch towards those goals that you are trying to achieve and then take the steps even when you're not feeling up to it, right? And take those steps even when you're... there's There's ways to play games in your mind and there's ways to work around that sort of, I don't want to do this right now thing. And you, you got to make a game out of that and like, okay, then we'll move it to these hours on this day here in the upcoming days or, okay, I don't want to do it. Fine. And kind of just collapse into that feeling of fine. I've, I've settled with, I don't want to, and then go and do it anyway. <laughs> so that's another, it's kind of like tricking yourself. Like, 
but then there's also like talk yourself into something and be able to say, well, why is it that I'm doing this anyway? And if it connects into this bigger goal and bigger desire, bigger target or a lifetime sort of vision that you have, then, you know, those things need to be motivating enough to snap you out of that. I don't want to do this right now feeling, or I don't want to get this done right now. And I could, I could make an excuse right now, right? I could say, I don't have time to finish this out. And my kids are screaming and driving their bikes and running through the hallway right now, right? And I could get flustered and let that detract from what I'm doing right now. But I have a home office. I, we homeschool our children. Our children are young and they're around all the time. So why try to mask that that's not going on, right? That's, that is going on. That's my life at the moment. So that's what it is. I can work through that and I can not get upset and not let it interrupt me and my thoughts here unless it's like something I need to go. I mean, there are, my wife, Cassandra, is taking care of the children right now. They're not unsupervised. So if I'm not saying ignore your responsibilities in order to produce content and put it online, like that would be irresponsible. I have other responsibilities that I need to get to today that I'll have to, you know, go ahead and take care of as soon as this is over. It's that time. And that's okay. That's still, you know, something that, like I said, if we're going to get up and do this, we need to get up and do it and put a foot forward that's serious. And then the universe will see that you're serious about that thing that you're trying to do. And um, you will get closer and will eventually be able to achieve your goals and your visions that you have if you put forward the effort to do that. Uh, that's part of a, a solution, right? That we need to get into more in the show and talk about solutions and give us the solutions. But there's also a lot more to dig out. There's a lot more about history and contextualizing things that we need to do. There's a lot more about what's currently going on uh, in the world and on the front lines of the bio war that we need to get into. But for today, for this uh, July 15th, 2022, I want to thank the folks that have listened up to this point. Um, if you're still just kind of jumping in at the top of the Freedoms Rising, you can go back and check out uh, since episode one would be a good place to start to listen through the Freedoms Rising series if you'd like to. And also the TylerBloyer.com feed has a lot more episodes that we've done in the past that you can dig into and check out there. Uh, for now, to support my work, you can do that by just signing up at TylerBloyer.com with your email address and we can send you updates about the projects that we're working on. One thing that I keep forget, forgetting to mention is we'll be going to JackFest. We've talked about events on this show, uh, the series, and as uh, we, we're covering them more regularly, I do have them in the show notes, like the events that we think are good and that people should check out, not things that we're necessarily attending. But with JackFest coming up, we will be attending JackFest this year. Uh, that is from... August 1st to August 14th is the official dates for Jackfest, so the first two weeks of August. And you can find out more by going to the website, which is in the show notes under the events section under each post that we've been doing. But jackalopefreedomfestival.com is the website, and it's near Heber, Arizona. If you need better closer details than that there's ways to find out where exactly it is but it's free to vend attend and camp and pretty much you know you can do there what you want to do as long as you're not harming others as long as you're 
respecting other people's rights and not causing a problem. Uh, you can vend what you'd like to. You can set up a booth. You can participate by giving a speech on the stage. You can uh, do those things and then also get to know a lot of the community uh, from like the greater reset or the conscious resistance or learn the risk will be there. Freedom's Phoenix, uh, Ernie Hancock, the crypto, Phoenix crypto uh, folks, the float team from float.app, the social media uh, will be there. And myself and Cassandra will be there doing our, our Métis uh, bar in the woods that we popped up last year. We did a pop-up uh, bar that's not a bar. It's not actually a bar, but it is a bar in the woods. Uh, a non-bar, you could call it. And we uh, we did some pirate vending, you could say. And this year, you know, I keep pushing for the theme space alien cowboys in space, uh, like a a Western alien, you know, the whole Travis Walton aliens uh, up in there in the Baca Meadows. There's a lot of like alien mythology. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we, we promote our entrepreneurship there and we try to show our children how to interact with people to vend. This is not the only event of the year that we do vending out like that. We do a lot of vending with Cassandra's Alt Eats business and we show our children directly how to make uh, a living or how to make an income through interaction with the community, you know, and a, a big, it's a big, it's a huge win for us that we've been able to show them that because, you know, we show them how to fish, we show them how to catch food, we show them how to grow food, we show them how to raise livestock, we show them how to make currency. And if they eventually, you know, need to get back into more like institutionalized and want to work in a business and want to be in an office later in life, like, or end up being in those positions, they'll still remember those skills and they'll still always be able to fall back on the basic skills of, you know, what I was talking about earlier, leveraging the resources you have. Let, let's say you have a generator, uh, you can get uh, barely afford a power washer and some ink and some paper. You can at least go out, make a sign that you're washing cars and start to make some income, right? And that's a very small example. Uh, maybe like a 14-year-old, that would be good. But even someone older like myself, if, if things go south or I, I'm not able, you know, it's, all, it's usually in your mind that you're not able to go and produce income. A lot of people don't have the skills that it takes to then go and, you know, run the business or be able to, they end up creating themselves sort of a job in a lot of cases with entrepreneurship and may even become burnt out and overwhelmed with that. Um, you know, the, the managing part and the part of being sort of over the whole are the skills that not everyone has and not everyone needs to, you know, run a business. And like I said, I don't think it's a huge failure if you're a W-2 employee. I mean, seeing that as the contract that it is, is where the freedom is, that it's still a choice and that you're still free to interact and, and you know, that you can do commerce with people that you choose to and that you're currently making a choice to do what you're doing now. And that's okay. If you want to do something else, you can build up steam to that and start working towards that goal. It doesn't need to be an overnight thing and people don't need to feel so like feel horrible about themselves because they just work a job and they're not an entrepreneur. Like there's this stigma that goes on. Um, entrepreneurship is more of a mentality, sort of like what we've been saying with freedom, like entrepreneurship is attitudinal. It's not necessarily situational although it definitely can be like the person that's stuck in a job mentally right that they feel stuck 
they're they feel like they can't do anything else they can't they don't have any other skills this is all like self-limiting belief systems right that they're imposing on themselves uh but anyway that song that that you heard opening up was from a band called presage 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 and it was from an album it's like today's one of those situations too where it has like way too many tabs open so i start talking and i try to bring it up there it is uh, from Outer Perimeter in 1998. And we're going to go ahead and close this episode out with that today. I've got to get on and do some other things. And uh, um, let's make let's make this statement true for, for the individual, for those listening to us. The future that, is built by us, by a powerful community as you here. Of you here listening to this podcast, the future will be created by us. We need to. So if we penetrate we, the cabinets. We need to penetrate the cabinets of our lives and make sure that the future is created by us. It's that you know sorcerer's trick thing, like the truth is being said in two ways. Um, they see themselves as the all-powerful ones creating their future now, but the future is created. It's not just. It's a choice. We have a choice. We have the ability to choose what the future is going to look like. And it's not just the powerful elites that get to choose and decide what the future is going to be. Each of us individuals are participating in that now, too, on this planet. And this is the time we have to do that. This is the life that we have to make those decisions and make the future created by us. So are we going to just do it in this pragmatic, you know, the good for the many, all for the good of the whole, and the, the what Yuval was talking about there, and science is just about the... Um, power and it's about control and you know we're not going to express our individual quest for truths in a bigger way that make a difference in the world we're just going to be drug around like a dog on a leash by these powerful institutions or can we take back that power take back our power and start you know being more self-reliant more self-resilient and self-responsible in our lives to be able to self-govern and not rely on these institutions that seek to eat the bugs with all of us in the buggy-shaped burgers that they shape the future of the burgers for us. Anyways, being a bit silly, but we're going to exit out today because of that, and everyone will talk to you next time here at the TylerBloyer.com studios and the Freedoms Rising feeds. Just remember that by participating, you are freeing more minds with Freedoms Rising. Talk to you later. Thanks. Everything you know is wrong. Hello, seekers. Here we go again. And hello, especially to the skeptic inside you who might still believe.
1776 by Adam Weissach, a professor at Ingolstadt University. The Illuminati was formally incorporated into the Masonic Lodges at the Congress of Wilhelmsbach in 1780. Here then was the classic pattern of political conspiracy throughout all history. Then you just don't have your eyes open, and that's why we're here today, to help you open your eyes to see the truth. 